You can tell me anything, and I'm really excited to have a guest from New York City. We actually tried to record when I was um, in New York, but now, oops, I'm gonna take this. We tried to record while I was in New York, but now we're all quarantined, and I realized that we can just do it via Skype or FaceTime. So that's what we're doing. I'm really excited to introduce my guests. Um, they're so funny on Twitter. You can follow them at Just Tom. It is Just Tom. What's up? Hi, thanks for having me. I actually do want to read a tweet. I had this pulled up before um, you mentioned your Twitter because this is like <laughs> this tweet is I like to read tweets from the guests, but this one I like just stuck with me. It's like a little older, but I liked it so much. I wanted to read it. Um, you tweeted society is so obsessed with binaries that we've convinced ourselves ass is the opposite of titties. <laughs> and that just made me laugh so much. Uh, Thank because, you. Yeah. I like that one because it's about math. <laughs> yeah it's kind of got many layers there and it's very much like that's what's so cool about your twitter i feel like it is like it's so you but then it's also like these jokes that are like so many different like i feel like it's like a venn diagram of like many uh parts of you but that other like so many people can relate to in different areas you know what i mean i don't know if that Thanks. makes sense like i feel sometimes i'll like do something where i feel like this is too niche like i'll make a shakespeare joke but that's why i feel like you do that so well because you're like it's niche but it's not it's you and so people come for that you know my favorite part about writing jokes, and particularly Twitter is a great medium for this, is about, like, taking, like, Twitter is, like, the hive mind where everybody's talking about everything and taking, like, this thing and this thing and then mashing them together. And then I'm like, and somebody somebody will be in the middle of the Venn diagram where we understand this. Yes, and that's the best part, when you find that person who gets it. Um, but I like to start with a good confession, just to have a positive note. Is there something good you like to confess? Wow, okay. Well, I have to be perfectly honest with you that when you said you were going to ask me for a good confession, I was like, well, I better think about this right now. Uh, well, it could truly be um, so simple as like something that made you smile today or yesterday or something you're looking forward to or something cool you've done recently you want to plug that usually it's like weird to brag, but I'm giving you permission to just like brag about something cool in your life. Um, I... <laughs> This is not that cool, but something I have been doing uh, this quarantine is I uh, started setting up my room, which doesn't sound... Okay, the deal with that is that I have technically lived in my room for, like, three years. Okay. But I never really moved in mm, because okay. moving in, I was in, like, an intensely codependent monogamous relationship, and I mostly just lived at that person's place. Gotcha. So I, like never it was like a mattress on the floor surrounded by boxes and then we broke up and even still it's been about six or seven months and I hadn't done anything about it and now I'm it like looks like a room now. are you it in looks your like room now because I see art and it looks really cool from here so what's funny is I'm not actually in my own apartment right now in a safe best practices way okay um I know being like a like a semi-public person I feel like every time I'm like slightly out I have to like preface it with like I'm just doing this like I'm like I'm outside in my garage it's my garage <laughs> well I saw <laughs> I saw um your bit your opening bit on com comedy quarantine <laughs> last night which was so funny oh by thank the way. you I, I, I wish I had more time to um 
Thank you so much. I, I wanted to do something physical and I truly came up with that right before. And now I'm like, oh, I kind of want to try to think of more sketchy things like that. But yeah, for anyone who didn't see it, it I on this like live stream, I pretend I was kidnapped. I just was like, it'll be fun to do something physical where I have to escape my car. But then I now that I've done it, I'm like, I wish I thought of more of a angle to it besides literally just escaping and starting. Because um, it is fun to kind of play around with the physicality of being live. <laughs> it was so fun. And it like, I was like, oh, like, that's so creative. And people are coming up with ideas. But the reason I thought of that was that when you got out of the car, like, I thought you were going to do the whole thing from inside the car. <laughs> and then when you got out of the car and were running outside, I was like, oh, like, she went outside. <laughs> <laughs> She's outdoors. She's contagious. Um, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so right now I'm, I'm um, the my upstairs neighbors none of them are here because they all have people who love them who they have to go uh, be with uh, uh, uh. so they gave us the keys to the apartment ostensibly so we could water their plants but also their apartment is really nice so i've been coming up here and hanging out oh that is nice yeah i guess more and more like of my friends are just at families at their family's house now like it's like at first i was a wave and then now more and more i'm like everyone's just home and then now i'm like I guess I could go home. Like, should I go home to see my parents? It's not like I'm worried. I, they're, like, older, but I think they're fine. Like, I don't think they're at risk, so I feel like it's okay. But then a part of me is like, I guess I should see them just for the sake of family. You guys are in such better shape over there because, like, at this point, I'm like, I can't go anywhere. Like, mm. or I wouldn't feel yeah. good. Well, New York is so hard to travel because you can't just get in a car and drive away. You got to, like go to a train stop right. or like whatever it's just so hard to travel alone you know yeah it's it's like hard for me to think of I mean a ton of people have left and gone to lots of different places including with their families but like I personally I wouldn't feel safe for my family if mm, I went gotcha. from here to go see them where is your or where where did you grow up I'm from San Francisco. Oh, okay. Did we talk about this? I don't remember. Yeah, we've, okay. I think like the very first time, because gotcha. you're from the Bay also, yeah? Yeah, South Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's so funny, because I, I, like, I know we like have interacted more online and then like hung out in person, but I really, it's like sometimes the comedy world just blends in where I'm like, I feel like, I can't remember if we officially met first in person or online. You know what I totally. mean? Totally. It is, totally. but I like that about comedy. It's like the one cool thing about the internet now, I mean that everyone is on it but we were all like comedians I feel like have adopted being able to make connections on it much before everybody else oh the internet is massive for that I feel that for comedy I feel that from being a queer person Mm -hmm. I feel like I know so many queer Asian people from the internet first Mm -hmm. and then them in real life sometimes like years and years and years later and so you're like in in the middle of the Venn diagram again (laughs) Yeah, because I guess with tra- comedy, well, when we were allowed to travel, it was a little easier to, to meet up. Um, so, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Well, speaking of just, like, um, sort of things being crazy, um, this this podcast is sort of loosely inspired by going to therapy, because I started going to therapy late in my life and, um, you know, really helped me to talk about stuff. So I'm curious, what's your relationship with therapy? Have you gone before or do you enjoy it? Or, you know, sort of give me a little background in terms of that. Okay, I love therapy. I have been seeing the same therapist, Joanne, for the past, like, four years. Um, I go in and out of going just because, like, I go in and out of being able to afford it, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I haven't, quote-unquote, gone yet since we've been in quarantine. 
mm-hmm. I had like just planned to be like, <laughs> okay, let me schedule another appointment. And then everything went down. Yeah. And I, I haven't made the move to do like a video call with her yet. Something about that feels like almost because it's detached from the ritual of Mm -hmm. me like going there and signing into the building, getting into the elevator, ringing the bell. (laughs) Like I'm just like, there's a ritual that I do here and it doesn't exist in this world that we live in right now. Yeah. That I'm like, I have kind of a block up against it, but I really think that I should probably call her. (laughs) Well, it is tough. I'm the same way. I canceled two appointments since the quarantine. I haven't done a tele whatever yet. I did have a therapist reach out to, I have two therapists. Uh, Well, one is for specifics. I know I'm like, Ooh, she's Polly. Uh, No, but I was going to say, do they know about each other? Uh, One of them does the other one. (laughs) I really did feel guilty, but actually don't. Okay. Actually, don't. I think she probably knows. Uh, and I'm really part of this is just joking. But uh, I did instinctively feel guilty as if I was cheating on her. But then I was like, it's fine. I pay her to talk to me. Yes. But the reason I have two is one is like a specific trauma therapy. But the first one, my talk therapist has uh, experience doing that type of therapy. But I didn't really click when she did. It was EMDR and she didn't really <laughs> click with me doing that. So I found someone who I really liked. I never told her. And then when I went back to her she was like oh have you thought about trying it again and I was like ah I think I'm good (laughs) it's like oh no it's like I went and did anal with someone else or something I don't know I don't know what the 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 metaphor and sex would be but she's more gentle she's more gentle with me (laughs) I go to each of you for different things Uh you're all valid you're all valid to me um but I haven't gone since the pandemic I do also feel weird because I mean part of it is this like paying for it I'm like mm-hmm, it feels like I don't want to pay so much money for a video but I think I'm in the same boat where eventually I will because we're going to be in this for a while um but yeah I think it's totally okay to go in and out and I think the most important part is starting and setting up a relationship because like I think when you're in crisis mode that's when it's like oh I can I can call up you know my I'm not gonna say her name but I'm gonna call up my therapist absolutely Well, I mean, something that I found is funny, I guess, about being in this situation is like, you know, in my most like hopeful heart, I really hoped that like the like global crisis throwing (laughs) the world into disarray would make my own personal problems seem like unimportant Mm. or like I would be like, oh, that's like nothing like that's (laughs) small bananas. But instead they have it's exacerbated them oh wow and it's made me be like oh god like you know like it's the end of the world and like you can't text Mm. me back like kind of thing (laughs) (laughs) i relay okay yeah the whole idea of being like i shouldn't care about a text back but you're still worried about it even though the Mm -hmm. world's ending yeah it can kind of go both ways right like i think um there are studies that show like in times of crisis like you kind of sometimes like put aside like if you're feeling depressed or anxious almost goes away like but not it doesn't really go away but it goes away in that like there's a more urgent matter at hand Mm -hmm. but it could also go the opposite way which sounds like it's happening for you where like all of those anxieties get even more inflamed um so yeah there yeah that's so interesting that you felt but going in that (laughs) it was gonna say change it Uh, I just had a dream that I was gonna you know that it was gonna be like my character arc and then I was Uh gonna walk away from this like a bigger person or something but no it turns out 
it turns out I, I'm still still learning with everybody else. Well, the one cool thing, I mean, I was like cool, but maybe uh, uh, positive or in, I've really lost my vocabulary being home and not talking to people. Some sort of word in between inspiring and in, in, enlightening, but I don't think that's the right. There's a word I'm thinking of, but anyways. The one positive thing about um, everyone going through a crisis together is you do feel more connected at least. Like even though it doesn't necessarily solve the problems you have, in a way it makes it that if you reach out to anybody, like at any point you'd be like, how are you doing today? People like know exactly what you mean. It's not like a, why are you asking me? So I think it is easier to get to those like mental health conversations sooner and also get that support. So that's the cool thing I found. Like sometimes I'll just text a friend and just start being like, well, I'll be like, how are you? And then they're like, how are you? And then I'll be like, well, this is happening. It's like, <laughs> you, yeah, but like usually you kind of stay surface, but it, it yeah. feels like everyone's kind of communally helping each other out, like just listening, which is kind of nice. But Totally. Full disclosure, this was a tweet the other day, but mortality has entered the chat. Uh, <laughs> We're all... Yeah, the stakes are higher now, so yeah. now we all can talk about this shit. Man, it is. It is very, uh, it, it's a lot. But it's also, I mean, it's important to remember, like, yeah, like, problems have always been happening, so it doesn't mean, <laughs> like, when this is over, everything's going to go away. So I think that's also important to remember, like, to continue taking care of yourself. Because I could imagine there might be, I don't think the word is a come down, but there's going to be, like, a culture shock after this, too, when people... You are faced with their day-to-day problems again, and and it almost feels like you're coming back from some weird realm, and then you're almost sad that you're still sad because you should be happy, you know? Totally, totally, totally. And we're all going to (laughs) remember. If our our lives sucked before, they might suck again. Probably worse. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm actually, like, a generally pretty positive, pretty positive and hopeful person, so... That's good. Yeah. Well, Well, speaking of um, stay positive and person, my transitions are not good. Uh, I suppose. Okay. Speaking of um, uh, thinking about things and progress, none of these transitions work. Anyways, Jess, I guess I just want to ask you, is there anything you would like to tell me? Yes. um, (laughs) And this is definitely totally off the radar of a global pandemic. Okay. Um, my confession is I am a, a prom night virginity loser. Ooh, that's a good one. We've never gotten that before. It's, I've like, I really haven't talked about it that much, uh-huh. which is funny because there's nothing like deep and dark about that, but I find it to be a kind of like embarrassing secret. <laughs> Too cliche, you mean? Or what's embarrassing about it for you? Yeah, it is. It's cliche and like, I feel like, especially as as like a comic and as like a public persona my uh-huh. reputation is sort of <laughs> that I'm like counterculture and like uh-huh. cool and like alternative but like at the end of the day I lost my virginity on prom night <laughs> like and we like we plan to do it that way uh-huh. um to a girl mm-hmm. um was it, it was, was it her uh, first time as well yeah so it was very much like a movie 80s movie It was very classic, which was funny because also I didn't go to a school like that. I went to, like, a tiny private alternative, like, artsy Uh San Francisco high school where people were, like, fucking and doing cocaine, like, all the time. Um, So in a way, it was counterculture to be traditional there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Always have to do something different. Um, 
and it was kind of crazy the way that it went down too um we uh her she had a friend Mm -hmm. who was like spending the night somewhere else okay so her house was like empty or something for (laughs) some reason her like dad was out of town Uh so she was like i'm gonna give you the keys to my dad's house wow yeah and we like lied to my mom (laughs) to get her to like bring us there or something Uh uh-huh and we yeah and so we were in like our empty the empty house of our friend's dad wow so this is like a community community effort (laughs) yeah yeah, a lot of people put work into this. Well, this girl, actually, the the friend, um, particularly put a lot of effort into it. She, like, set the place up for us, Aww. which this is weird because now I'm like, this was, like, her room. There were, like, rose petals and shit. Well, I mean, I think in high school, no, it is, it, it, I feel like now if a friend of mine did that for me, I'd be like, that's your room. But I feel like as kids, you're not thinking like that. I know what you mean about it. It's like, whoa, they're going to fuck on my bed, but... I think as a kid, it does seem like you just watch movies and you're like, oh, it's sweet. I, you know, when you have couples that are friends or your friends are couples, you kind of like want to watch the love blossom because it doesn't happen that much in high school. Like there's only a few like strong couples in high school and everybody's all about their business because it's like, but how, so were you, I mean, were you guys uh, dating officially or was she just your prom date or? We were dating. Okay. Um, yeah, we had been dating like a month at that point. Oh, so wow, this was okay. Like the so this is a very, new very... relationship. Well, this was the very, very end of my senior year of high school. This was my first girlfriend ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had been out as like some kind of gay person for mm-hmm. like all four years. Um, and I guess it was a new relationship, but again, because it was high school sure. and because it was like the end of senior year, it seemed <laughs> like it seemed like the time to do it. Yeah, sure. High school, I'm like, I guess a month in high school can be a long time, depend, you know, because it's like, what is high school romance? You can spend all your time together and then you're immediately, I mean, a lot of hormones, a lot of time and you can move very fast or it could be very slow. It can go the other way. So, but that was, yeah. that was my first, that was the first time I had ever dated anybody. So I like didn't have any experience outside uh-huh. of that. I just was like, okay, like, I guess this is how it goes. Were you influenced yeah. by movies and, and like that sort of thing? Like where the idea of losing your virginity on prom night. I mean, I know it's in the zeitgeist, but I'm just curious for you. Where did that come from? I don't know that it came from any particular place. I think that it just was in the zeitgeist for me. Um, and it just seemed like, it seemed like an opportunity to Mm -hmm. do it, you know, rather than like having it like kind of randomly happen, which had also sort of happened. There is a little bit of a question as to whether like that was actually when I quote unquote lost my virginity because Uh as with like, as with any, any couple that's like non-penis people I guess (laughs) it's a little up in the air like when you're like having sex sure you're like fooling around versus yeah yeah yeah. but I think but I think even with um because even with like hetero uh intercourse I don't know what is the term it's just called sex I guess that's they've made it the norm but I like to give it a name so it feels different uh even that like there's when I was younger there were times when I'm like 
I, I hadn't lost my virginity. But then when I did, it felt like anticlimactic because it's really, they make it all just about that one thing where you're like, totally. well, it didn't, that wasn't a thing either. And then you're like, wait, so then should I go back and count that or this? Or like, so I think totally it's all the framing of it. And also, I mean, as a uh, former sex educator. <laughs> oh, I don't know I, if I knew that about you. I know you do like um, uh, talks, but I, I didn't like our, um, or you do college tours, but I was thinking there may be more like comedy angle. Were you doing that? Was that part of uh, touring? No. Am I confusing things? For I'm- colleges, I mostly have done comedy. I did like in the very, very beginning, I went to uh, the five college queer conference at Hampshire College. And I also did a sex toy workshop, but I also did a half hour of comedy, like unrelatedly. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. That. Um, but yeah, for... Um, the first three years that I lived in New York, I worked at like an upscale sex shop and taught classes and stuff. Oh, cool. Um, so that's in my lexicon. But mm-hmm. yeah, as, as a former sex educator, quote unquote, um, obviously now I would tell you like all of those things are sex. Any <laughs> of that is sex. But for like a 17 year old. Sure. Like in the early 2000s, I was like, well, something happened that one night and I don't totally know about that. <laughs> um but definitely on prom night was when I definitely could be like, okay, yes, that definitely happened. Yeah. And you guys had planned it too. So that's also important. It's like, it, it was like you in your mind wanted it to be this special thing, which is what people say it's supposed to be. And of course everyone has their own story about virginity, but I, I think it is really interesting that in your mind, you're like, okay, this is going to be the thing. And then you did it that way. So what, what were your expectations going in? Like what, you know, what, what did you think the night had to be? Obviously it was planned in a certain way. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I think that I honestly was mostly anxious about the lie. Uh-huh. Like, to your parents or? Yeah. Okay. To my parents, her parents had probably been lied to too. That would not be the last time we lied to them about like where we were or where we were going specifically so we could go have sex in like someone's weird empty house. <laughs> um, I've done kind of a lot of that. Empty houses, empty dorm uh-huh. rooms, empty rooms. Other somewhere. people's rooms. Yeah, other That's people's funny. rooms. Um, I guess this is like, I wonder what it like now that Airbnb exists and like Uber and Airbnb. I'm like teens, just everything's handed to them. I mean, it's I don't know. Them. And they all look cool because they were all they were all on Instagram already. Yeah. So they, um, you know, I was really sort of like a prodigal good girl. Uh huh. Um, so it really stressed me out to be like lying like this. But at the same time, I was a deeply, deeply horny teenager. <laughs> like absolutely all the way through my entire adolescence and now into my adulthood. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> That, and I don't think that I thought, like, this girlfriend and I got together in the last two months of senior year. We had been really good friends, but we had one of those weird, like, close female friendships Mm -hmm. where it was like, I don't know, we, like, fall asleep in each other's arms a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that tension. Leapovers, but, like... I guess we were really good friends. Um, uh huh. <laughs> and I had so I had had so many like unreciprocated crushes that mm-hmm. I don't think I ever thought any of this was gonna happen. 
-hmm. And then it suddenly started happening, like, right at the very, very end. Um, So all of it was all kind of, like, stressful and, like, kind of sad for me because I was being like, oh, my God, and then we're going to graduate, and then Mm. we're going to, like, go to different colleges, which actually we ended up dating through most of our first year of college, which was a bad idea. We should have done that. But that's the thing that that's the part that people see in movies and don't listen to where everybody's like, yeah, break up with your high school sweetheart mm-hmm. before college. And everyone's like, no, 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 we're the exception. And then everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah. When like when you're like older, you're like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. But, you know, we all we all want to make it work. You know, I get it. It's, it's your, your love of your life at that time. Exactly, exactly. And when there's something as like big and like significant as like we like lost our virginities mm-hmm. to each other my like first relationship it feels really important to try to like keep it together yeah for like no and also you're like 18 years old and your brain doesn't work so <laughs> that is true um yeah that thing about it being sad like I, I um I think there's something really like bittersweet about that because it is like you're so aware that you're in this pivotal moment of your life right like just like graduating and mm-hmm. about to be an adult and leaving your childhood behind it's it's so interesting that you were so self-aware of that to like feel sad but also to like enjoy the moment but also be like this is a part of my life that I'll look back on forever oh I've always been like a deeply tragic person (laughs) why is that I don't know I like things I like things that are like a little bit uncomfortable Mm. I like sad things I like scary things I like spicy food I like, like, bitter tea, like, Uh I like things that are, like, good with, like, a bit of an edge on them. Gotcha. Um, And I feel like that translates a lot into my everyday life right now, like, okay, um, I'm, uh, I, after being in a, like, two and a half year long monogamous relationship, Mm -hmm. I'm doing open relationships again which I think of as, like, a sort of bittersweet thing. (laughs) Although I think monogamy is also kind of bittersweet. It's all sort of like that. Why do you think, uh, or what makes you say um, um, being in an open relationship is a bittersweet thing? Well, I mean, because it... Because it goes against basically the entire narrative of, like, Mm. love as we know it in the Western world. Is that what you in your mind I expect love to be or or just because it's against like the mainstream idea I don't think I realistically expect it to be like that like that sort of like you know soulmate like one Mm. love forever type thing I don't really like realistically believe in it but because that's the narrative that you get every single movie that you've seen every single song that you've heard Mm -hmm. like comes from that point of view pretty much it's hard to unlearn and like it gets ingrained in you in this way that's interesting that you say that because in a way it kind of ties to the theme of um the that you were saying like the traditional losing your virginity on prom Mm -hmm. night like that there's a part of you I don't know if this is correct or not but I'm just making this connection of like a part of you that has these like fairy tale expectations based on what you've seen even though you're aware enough to know like that isn't like, you're being told these narratives, yet you still want it, yet you're like, it's totally cool, like, I get that it's not the thing, like, there's this very complex sort of, like, mixture of wanting to fit that uh, mold, while also recognizing that, like, that isn't the mold. Does that I do make think, sense? 
Oh, totally. Absolutely. I do think of myself as having a sort of like heart self and a brain self Mm. and that they, they operate sort of in tandem sometimes against each other. Like sometimes I think that like, as like an actor, as -hmm. an actor, one of my biggest dreams is to play a romantic lead. Uh Um, and I feel like the reason I want to do that is so that like through the practice of acting, I can go like 100% emotionally into this like soulmate one love for everything, mm-hmm. live it out truthfully and then like be done with it <laughs> and, like, and like have it like not affect my like real personal life and not have any stakes in what's happening mm. like in my life. That's so interesting. It's like a compartmentalization. Well, do you feel like, I mean, do you feel like, I mean, it's clearly a part of you. Why do you want it to not? It's, do you feel like it would hurt your brand, like to be that emotionally invested in like a true love narrative? No, it doesn't work for me. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> That's what it is. Is that okay? So there was um, there was a co-star meme that came out some time ago, <laughs> that was like hierarchy of needs, like okay. a pyramid, um, for each of the signs, and the Sagittarius one, and I am a Sagittarius sun. Okay. Um was like the second to last one was um total romantic devotion Mm. and then the one under that was total romantic freedom Hmm. and I saw that and I was like oh no (laughs) that's so funny my Venus is in Sag so I do kind of relate a little bit to that but my son is Scorpio so I'm a little bit more like I will die for you um yeah so you want to grab people you yeah it is it is interesting what you're saying because I I think, um, yeah, I think being an actor and comedian, like you are able to explore those more creatively because sometimes you can do a character or you can explore it through a sketch, but it is all facets of you. Um, so I find that really interesting that uh, being so like counterculture or trying to be alternative, there is a part that you're just like, this is the traditional fairy tale ending that mm-hmm. I want. I'm a deep romantic at heart. And it's funny because like, I feel like, as, like, a romantic and sexual being, there's, like, like, I feel like I present very publicly, and especially, like, on Twitter and more and more on stage these days, as sort of, like, a pervy fuckboy, <laughs> um, which is real. That is sort of how I am. Though I'm not, like, I'm not, like, a bad fuckboy, but, like, I, like, look around. Um, uh-huh. Like a Shane, like... <laughs> yeah, yes. Um... But, um, and we need those. We, we love bad boys, you know? We need those. <laughs> but then there's this other part of me that is really, really, like, a real romantic. Mm-hmm. And it's a little hard to consolidate the two. Um, even as, like, you know, just because you're non-monogamous doesn't mean that you, like, can't be romantic. Right. Like, that's not what it is. It's just that, like, the way that we've been taught what romance is and how romance goes yeah. goes totally against that concept. That's so interesting because, yeah, I've thought about this, too. I mean, for most of my life, I've identified as monogamous and tried and really wanted that and been very, like, don't ever cheat on me, don't ever speak to another woman, whatever. But, you know, more recently in the last year or so, I've, like, explored the idea of being poly and... I've never fully been in an open relationship, but I think for me, what I've always been afraid of with those is just like 
fear of abandonment, which is my own shit, right? Totally. Like that's me. That's not the person I'm with. That's not my partner. That's all me. So when I once I realized like, oh, all my fears were me based. What if I like went the other way and and like I don't know if it would work for me, but I think what was cool about exploring the idea was just like, oh, what if I'm more about making my partner happy and tending to their needs maybe their needs are to be monogamous fine but like if I put aside like I need you to not cheat on me and make it more like I want to make you happy whatever that means like that opens it up to this like cool new definition of love which I'm still kind of learning like I don't know if I'm fully there yet I do get jealous for sure but like I really want to be at that place where I'm just like this is making you happy and I trust you and I'm okay with that I think that we're all just learning and I think that we're all probably going to learn for, like, the rest of our lives, which is a scam. <laughs> uh, and I think, like, I really identify with what you're saying about the, like, me fears. Yeah. Because um, I do think that that's what we have to get over. And I grapple with this now. Because, like, I've dated monogamously and non-monogamously mm-hmm. in a few different configurations. And... They're all kind of hard for me. It's just like different. Because <laughs> you're things. in them. So whatever issues you have in your mind that you haven't dealt with, you're, you're going to bring them into whatever relationship. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. But and everyone's doing that too. It's not like nobody, I think, is ever fully responsible for how a relationship goes because everybody is a part of it. Whether it's two of you or four of you or whatever, you're all part of it. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're all like... It's like exercising different muscles, uh-huh. you know, monogamy versus non-monogamy. Like, I feel like in monogamy, you're exercising a muscle of, of this, I guess, is you're exercising a, a muscle of like focusing on that one person mm-hmm. and attending to that person and also like not like looking around, like not flirting with people on the internet, not like... I don't know, liking other people's nudes. I don't know what the rules uh-huh. are. Um, and then in non-monogamy, you're exercising the muscle of, like, not being jealous. Mm-hmm. Like, when this person has other dates or they're in another established relationship. Or, you know, exercising the muscle of, you know, communicating feelings of jealousy or, like, mm-hmm. feeling bad about, like, this or that. Which, really, you should be doing in monogamy also. You should be exercising all those muscles i don't know we're all learning right well yeah something you said uh that i thought was interesting is this idea of like you're exercising this muscle because it's not um sometimes people think when they meet the right one or the perfect like you know they find they figure out oh i'm actually poly and that'll solve everything they think it's like now everything's perfect but think about how your relationship with yourself is like even when there's nobody, right? There's nobody, nobody, no object of desire, no relationship. You're still going to have up days and down days. You're going to have days where you're jealous of your friends. And when that happens, you're not like, well, I guess my relationship with myself is over. I hate me forever. It's out. Like you don't think that because you have to live with yourself. So when you are with a partner, you kind of like choose to work it out. Obviously you have to recognize red flags and blah, blah, blah. But like just because some days feel bad doesn't mean that their relationship is bad so totally yeah that's so wise and true and I feel like something that I struggle with a lot is like to not be like okay just because like I had a bad day with this or that you know that means it'll be bad forever yeah 
but it's hard i mean it's really hard i don't think i'm quite there yet but i've gotten better at listening to the red flags like that's the thing it's like if someone makes you feel bad over and over and you're you have to really listen to yourself right like like ask yourself like is this a normal situation or is it not and then you know get out of it's bad but then there's also just like two people clashing because you know one person likes to interrupt and one person but they're not doing it on purpose or whatever then you can work through that and that's okay yeah it's tough man um wait so you're a sag do you find i don't know if this is a true read of sagittarius but i feel like sagittarius like will run or have a urge to run away when things get too close like do you but you're describing yourself like a hopeless romantic do you find yourself feeling like when things get like too you know when you get too attached or too intertwined that you do want to like push someone away have you ever had that feeling you know i actually feel like i've had the opposite problem Hmm. which more that i will stick around even through some things that i like don't think is necessarily ideal Hmm. or where i do see a lot of red flags and i'm like i i'm that like people pleaser part of me comes out um and like or like somebody like really really likes me and they like me more than I know that I like them back and I'm like uh-huh. well but they like me so much like how could I take me away from them <laughs> well it's, I guess that is a very selfless thing to say but <laughs> is it or is it like so narcissistic uh-huh. I can't That's tell so funny <laughs> um yeah it's well, yeah, because you chose to stay with your high school sweetheart through college, even though there's a pretty um, understandable break when you graduate, as hard as it would have been. Instead, oh, and that was that was uh, not a good situation either. <laughs> and, and because I like, like, I went to women's college, and I went to women's college specifically so that I could be like a gay slut. <laughs> um, and then, so when I ended up staying in this relationship, which ended up not being a great relationship because we were teenagers mm-hmm, um, and mm-hmm. it was a long distance relationship, um, I like ended up being like very resentful of that. Hmm. Um, and it wasn't a good idea. But I do tend, and I'm really trying now to be like very aware of myself and like check in with myself and how I'm feeling. So that I don't stay in a situation that, like, makes me feel more bad than good. I think that's really healthy and wise. And also, you can always change. Like, I mean, people always think, like, oh, if I make this decision, then everything from now on is forever this way. But, you know, you can be like, oh, I've grown and you've grown and you can get back together. Like, you know what I mean? That's, I mean, mm-hmm. don't break up with someone thinking that because that's not a good way. That tends no. to lead to codependence and, like, you know, break up, make up, break up, make up patterns. But I tell myself that when I'm, like, really scared to leave something that, like, you know, if it really, really is a mistake leaving, then, like, it'll work out. And that helps, too, to not feel like everything's final forever. hmm You know? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely agree. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I have a quick game. Would you like to play Yay. a game? Okay. This is a game based on, okay, you tweet about Asian snacks, most recently shrimp chips, which I love. And I really wanted to um, bond over that because, you know, growing up in the Bay Area, like, you know, we got our fair share of Asian snacks. But then, of course, you know, as you become an adult, you find out that people laugh at things like that or they make fun of shrimp chips because they think it sounds gross. They're so good. I think now they sell them at, you know, American grocery stores. But, you know. I get it. It looks different and it's called shrimp chips. But 
This is sort of an homage game to um, the delicious Asian snacks we grew up with. Um, or if you guys don't know what shrimp chips are in Chinese, it's called sha wei shen. So that's what that is. Um, but there is a reason that 7-Eleven in Asia is glorified. You know, it's worshipped. Whereas in America, it's a last resort for teens in suburbia. Um, and a lot of snacks in America are used as like uh, slang, like like pet names, like positive things like, you know, cupcake or like, a, you know, he's beefy, whatever. I don't know. Beef is not a snack. You know what I mean? So basically, this is a pretty fun, loose, uh, improvised game. But I'm going to just like give you a snack, an Asian snack. You can tell me if you recognize it or not. And then we'll cool. just, cu- just come up with what the made up definition of it is if it's like a slang term does this make sense oh so like for like a person yeah like uh, yeah a person and yeah some just like what would be the slang definition uh okay does this make cool. i feel like i explained it I, I think i got it i think i got it like so like yeah yeah, like, yeah. for like beefy as an example it's like a, a strong like a strong a guy dude. like a yeah. muscle hunk. exactly okay. there you cool, go cool. yeah very simple okay it's just so i can talk about snacks okay so let's start with shrimp chips. That's the first one. Shrimp chips. Uh, shrimp chip. That's um, <laughs> a shrimp chip is like like a friendly young man, um, uh, a, a friendly gentleman caller. Um, that you I don't know a friendly gentleman caller that your mom approves of for sure. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For so some reason, like, when oh, I hear, yeah. sorry, what was that? It's like. You know, Justin, mm. I don't know if he's the sexiest, but he's a definite shrimp The chip. one your mom wants you to date. I like that. That's funny. It's like, oh, what? did you hear Justin just graduated from MIT? Uh, he's, he's back home for the holidays. You should call him. That's a shrimp <laughs> chip. <laughs> okay. The next one, Pocky. Pocky. Um, okay. Pocky's a, a skinny bitch. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah, yeah, she's always wearing, like, a little black dress. Pocky is, uh, you know, the chocolate pretzel. Just, like, frosted head to toe. <laughs> so it's, a, it's, like, a bat. It's, like, an insult. Or would you call it out of, like, uh, would it be, like, sort of an endearing term for each other? You're, like, ah, oh, you skinny bitch. Or is it just, like, mm, she's such a Pocky? I think I think it's, like, like it's like multiples, you know, because Pocky comes in a pack. It's, like, mm. look at those Pockies. Oh, I like that. That, that yeah. sounds almost racist. I take it back. <laughs> Well, we don't know. The Pockies come in different colors, so it's not about race. It's about your attitude. If you travel in a group of girls who look like you, you're unoriginal and you're a Pocky. There you go. You might be. Uh, okay, uh, dried bean curd. Dried bean curd. Ugh, dried bean curd. So good. Um, <laughs> it is so good. Like a like an elderly neighbor. Like okay, a- I like that. Okay, elderly neighbor. Yeah, I can't. I'm trying to decide if it's a positive or a negative, though. Hmm. Yeah, I know, cause the food is good, but then when I hear dry, it's usually it sounds like an insult. Yeah, it could be an insult. It's your elderly yeah. neighbor that's always telling you to pipe down. Yeah, or like get off my lawn. Okay. Like, God, yeah, Mrs. A- Henderson, such a dry beat. <laughs> I love that. Okay, the next one is Yan Yan. Yan Yan. Do you know what these are? Absolutely. Okay, of great. course I know it. They're so delicious. Guys, have a um, yan yan. Yan yan. Uh, is a, a like a man whore. Like a, a man Ooh, slut. Ooh, okay. Because, <laughs> you know, you're always double dipping. Yes, there you go. I love that. <laughs> you're just like, um, last night I was a yan yan. Yep. 
hit up yes. four different people on Grinder. Uh, okay. Yes, you were. Okay, here's the uh, final one. It's Shredded Squid. Shredded Squid. Um, I really want that to be a sex position. Ooh, okay, what would it be? <laughs> it sounds, like, hard. It sounds like one of those ones, like, you have to work up to and look at a diagram. I, or, uh, yes, <laughs> it does sound <laughs> difficult. Or it's, like, like, after you've, like, had a lot of sex and you're, like, really tired and, like, ah. you need to, like, go to sleep and take a nap. It's, uh-huh. like, shredded squid. It's, like, all, like, like laid out, you know what I mean? Okay. Ripped apart. Ooh, okay that's a good one so it's like wow i had so much sex last night i was a shredded squid or it's like when you're like tired but you still want to go again but then like it's like the final one everyone's just tired and you're just like okay we're gonna come but then that's it everybody agrees Mm -hmm. like this is it yeah Mm -hmm. okay i like that. that's the agreement (laughs) well thank you so much oh sorry go ahead oh i just was gonna say that that took a weird horny turn but that's (laughs) That's quarantine, baby. That's okay. Everybody's horny in quarantine. Um, well, where can people find you if they would like to follow you? I mean, I guess I said it earlier, but just plug your things, all the things you want to plug. You can find me on Twitter at Jess Tom. That's J-E-S-T-O-M. Or on Instagram at Jess the Kid. And also, I actually just updated uh, my website with the... Um, the Instagram live and Zoom shows that I will be doing. Um, so those are available at www.justtom.com.com. Nice. I love it. And you can follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod and follow me at Larissa T on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you.